today on the Go for Bronze podcast, Ace and Yoel decide to try out something unheard of. Soccer. That's right, it's a game where you're not allowed to touch the ball with your hands. In addition to that, they cover the PS Plus Extra and Premium Games for March, IO Interactive's new Turkey Studio, and much, much more on episode 22 of the Go for Bronze podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Go for Bronze episode number 22. I am Joel, as always, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Yo, yo, what's up? I feel like I said as too many times in that intro. It's okay. But, you know, it's just as. We try to we as, try out here. Yeah, as you said, you're trying to present uh, an excellent quality episode. You're trying to spruce it up. It's okay. The content speaks for itself. We got a great episode here. Me and Joel did FIFA in real life for the first time. I haven't played soccer <laughs> since I was in elementary school. I don't know if you've had any more recent experience with it than what we just did. Um. No, I. I mean. No, yeah, I'm probably like elementary school, maybe early middle school at the latest in life. Because I remember we did play like community soccer. Remember when kids used to hang out back in my day? Yeah, back in the old day. You know what I, I will say is I cardio wise, I was much better last night than I thought I would be. But the field was much smaller than I had expected. The only rule. Yeah, I mean, is that that's the only reason I was like, I'll go to this is when I saw the field. I was like, OK, my fat ass can run up and down this. Yeah, it was. It was. There's a, enough space to pause. Yeah, it was a good time, and then we had enough people for breaks, so we didn't. Ha- it wasn't just two teams playing for the whole time, but it was a kind of job Ooh. event. But Joel came too, and they took like a company picture. And so, for anyone in the company, it's been on like the company wide kind of site, <laughs> and Joel is on there just as like in parentheses, like friends. So I thought that was pretty cool. Friend, friend of the friend of the company. Yeah. So soccer was fun. Soccer was cool. Yeah, soccer was definitely very fun. Also, made me realize how how much of a bitch I am. Because when they started kick, when I played goalie for a little bit, and they kicked that ball, I was like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, I'm not but that one guy risking it off. That, that one guy was rocketing that shit. I wasn't trying to get hurt either. Yeah, no, he had, he had a few snipe shots too. I mean, I figured he was just kicking the ball so hard nobody wanted to hit it. But um, yeah, no. And then also when I was playing goalie, it was when you were also playing goalie. So I don't know if you noticed it, but when I got scored on one one time, the ball like fucking grazed the side of my face and i was like oh my god i almost got like fucking annihilated here yeah it was it's uh yeah you gotta like dodge it you gotta like get out of the way and then funny enough since we don't really play soccer i was saying the other day that since me and you play basketball like that's our sport that we play i was trying to like Mm -hmm. equate everything to basketball like okay this is like a steal like this and like okay out of bounds it's like that and then you pass it in like i saw i know when we first started playing too you went to like the point on the sideline where you would pass it in if we were playing basketball. Yeah. Which it was, was it awesome. was really weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to fucking go. That was the only I mean, that's really the only sport that I have like a muscle memory for. So yeah, everything was like, what do I know from basketball? Something I did know, I do need new shoes. I noticed that everybody's wearing their like little indoor cleats. And what was also being very helpful was the fact that their shoes were very flat. My running shoes I have, I have like a pair of Brooks that are basically like Hoka's with like the thick, um, like gum or thick sole. And it's not really good for planting or cutting because your like foot's like elevated. So you're like trying to plant and shit like that. So 
I might be in a need for some new indoor soccer kicks if this is a consistent thing. Yeah, I think I think it might be a consistent thing. And then this is an, what, was the, what was the review at work? Or did, everyone you, enjoyed you, it. You, everyone had a good time, and I think that we'll we'll probably be doing it again. That seems to be the energy is that everyone wants to do it again. So I think it'll happen. And then you briefly mentioning like basketball it is march and march madness is coming up and i have all my brackets done i have my i have my cbs sports bracket and my i think i still have to do my espn bracket but for the first time with like a sports related thing like this i didn't just randomly like pick i went through all of the like rankings and like past season like uh you know scores but even though going into that so i didn't really know a lot about college basketball to begin with i'm not saying now i'm an expert but going through it i didn't know i didn't know how many different divisions there are like there are so many different divisions that you have to look at so they don't all necessarily equate but i think for the for men's uh the top i have is alabama is the one that i have as like winning everything okay so we'll see how they have a really good player on their team yeah so the so that was just yeah interesting to do and then talking about like you know i've been getting into basketball cards lately and so i kind of i think it might be kind of fun because i never get draft like college cards but it might be fun to like open some college cards and like watch a game or something because college cards are way cheaper so you could get something really nice that's much cheaper also it's like penny uh, stock buy low so high i would say shout out to Alex, for the last time we opened, he pulled a crazy Cade Cunningham rookie like patch auto, who is the okay. number one pick from last year, right? He's on the Pistons. I, mean, I think he is on the Pistons. I believe it was two years ago, but still close enough. Yeah, but but also I just want to make sure this point was made very clear. Basketball, college basketball players are bums, <laughs> and they're ass, and I'll get buckets <laughs> on all of them. Okay. <laughs> college basketball watching it infuriates me because i'm like just fucking get the what are you passing the ball around like this is fucking organized like upward ball fucking get some buckets yeah i mean i've never even i don't think i've ever watched a college game even front to back i I mean i didn't do the brackets because i'm like big sports guy i did the brackets because it's a work thing right let's be real with that and there's giveaway prizes and i'll do anything for a giveaway prize i'll shake the cup for whatever i need to shake the cup for you know what are you going to give away for the prize? Uh, I think it's just, it's like cash prizes, you know. <laughs> but, That's not what I was asking. Yeah, I know what you're asking. But <laughs> the cash prizes, who knows? Like, they might be good. They might not. We'll find if out. If your bracket's perfect, you'll make, I think, I think if your bracket is perfect, you become the richest person in America. And I did I see that. So let's say my bracket is perfect It and I win it. It's not even just about that bracket. You know, CBS is like, grand prize win a car for having a good bracket they're giving out they're giving out a bronze nissan like aria nobody wants that shit i saw it and i was like why would that be the car that you're giving away what's a nissan aria i don't know dude probably some like ev probably Uh, got that look to it you know but bronze is is it like a sedan or is it like a it looks like one of those like kind of crossovers but like when i even the color like bronze like bronze is like you come here to listen to the greatest show about video games the bronze podcast but you don't want your car to win the car though we may need to win the car and it could be the company car it could be the company car that's true (laughs) and what we could do is is we could do like an ice cream truck and just put a loudspeaker at the top and just blast the show while we drive around that's very smart. The Nissan Aria does look like ass. The bronze color kind of looks cool, though. I'm not going to lie. 
It does look pretty cool. This is it, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I think it. I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, I'll take it does a free look car. Like a weird... I mean, yeah, I'll take a free car, leather seats, maybe steering wheel, probably. You know, yeah, Lo, you're what? already assuming here. Leather seats, to see, you don't know that that's in there. That was in the promotional picture, so I'm assuming it has to have leather seats. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to win a car with fucking cloth seats. I mean, promotional picture is going to be top package. Let's not forget that Nissan is the same company where the fucking Nissan Sentra is like to open the trunk. You have to like finger the rug and find a switch under the rug. And they are famous for having the Verso, which is the cheapest car in America. And that's like what it's known for. Yeah, Nissan Versus are rough. Yeah, so... The new Versus aren't too bad, though, you know? They're a little spacious. All right, well, you can have one. I mean, that could be your company car. No, I don't want that. I don't... I don't... I don't prefer... Maybe, I prefer what maybe I it wouldn't get recalled like what you currently drive. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm literally looking at the fucking... I'm looking at a new recall thing I got. Oh, my God. I as did, you said that. I didn't know that you got another one. My bad. I got another... No, it was actually them sending me a, met, uh, a letter being like, hey... We got the pipe. All right, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's on recall here? Relax. Let's go back with that. Not the pipe. They're like, hey, we have the part to fix. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping my mechanic has the pipe too. But um, he, they said they have the part now. But then they kind of fucked you because they were like, oh, you have. You can either get like a drain tube installed to fix the issue, or you can get like a whole brand new like high pressure fuel injectors. It really just depends on what they have available. I'm like, what the fuck? I want the high-end fuel injectors. I want my shit to go fast. Yeah, they're telling you you could have one or the other, but they'll give you the shitty one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're like, they're setting me up for failure. They're like, ooh, I make it hype. Just don't even, yeah, and don't even say anything about it then. Just put the part in, put the pipe in, and then just give the car back. Oh, Right? I mean, that's I like what they're telling car. you. I like my car, though. Visually. I like your car, too. You have a very nice we vehicle. We like everybody's car. The people out there, the driving in cars, listen to this. We like your car too. Yeah, I saw the other day. I was just driving, and I saw a Fox Body Mustang. It nothing is necessarily special about that, but I saw it was one Fox Body Mustang, and then another Fox Body Mustang came up next to it, and they were like not together in a group driving. And so then you know they like pulled up at the stoplight and like were like waving and shit. Like, oh, I think it's cool, and I see stuff like that, like cars that you don't see every day, but two of them and they like are now friends i noticed that a lot with the jeeps there's a lot of jeep wrangler activity yeah, but and they that's... always do the little yeah man we got a jeep wrangler yeah but the jeep shit is stupid the jeep shit's so stupid jeep wranglers are so right, right. Jeeps are literally trashed. the worst they are trash they're like one of the worst car manufacturers on the planet Earth. yeah it's like the roughest ride you could possibly have you're just sitting literally on a metal seat. uncomfortable shit you go over 20 miles per hour, it sounds like you're in a fucking wind tunnel on a Jeep Wrangler. Literally the biggest hunk of shit on the planet Earth. Stupid ass fucking Jeeps. Fucking Broncos are way better. <laughs> so, yeah, I, <laughs> this, is a, this is a gaming show, though. Right? This is a, this is a, gaming this is a show. PlayStation podcast. And to kind of branch our way into what we're playing, I'll uh, talk a little bit about what I've been playing with. Not myself. What we're talking about here is I picked up a DualSense Edge this week. So I was awarded, uh, I got promoted, which was nice. And then my company has awarded me with some like employee appreciation types of things. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations to me. Thank you for the claps, everyone. Hold your applause. Thank you very much. Joe, our producer, also (laughs) got promoted, even though he's not at the mic. So shout out to him. Well deserved. 
Shout out to shout out to Joe and Joel. It'll be coming soon for you too. We're all praying. <laughs> but, We're hoping for a lot of things. So <laughs> I picked up this tool since Edge. It was something that. And me and Joel were always interested in, but not really like shelling out the 200 for it. So I just paid like 10 bucks for the sales tax basically. And so I picked it up and I played it. I played with it for maybe a few hours one night. And I think it's really nice. It's got a nice weight to it. The rounded grips are more comfortable than the base controller. And then the carrying case is really nice. The carrying case is the same white and black, just like the system. And it has a hatch at the back where you can plug it into charge. So it's six, it sits next to my charging station for my regular DualSense controllers and the system, and it looks really clean. And I really appreciate that. And then when you open it That's up, nice. you have all of your sticks, your high dome, low dome. You have the back buttons. You have two different kinds of back buttons. It has remappable controllers. You can adjust the length on the triggers. And it's really nice. So, so I haven't gone fully into it. I haven't really utilized the back buttons yet, but I messed with the trigger lengths while we were playing Call of Duty, and that was pretty cool. And the interface of remapping buttons seems really nice. You have two function buttons under your analogs where you can set basically like profiles. You can set classes basically for what you want to have mapped on the controller. So I haven't messed with that either, but just wanted to mention that I did get it. I will be using it more, and I'll probably have more to report back when I use the other functions. But since I've never had a pro controller, I almost like don't know what to do with it. Because I, I have no issues using the regular controller, you know what I mean? It's just like now I've got all these other options, which is fun, but can also be daunting because I'm like, I don't want to just mess with shit to mess with shit. So I'm trying to take it slow. I think, I think the back buttons are probably the biggest like advantage in terms of like, you know, multiplayer stuff like that. Like you were already you already like kind of planning out what you wanted to put dedicated to those back buttons. And I think like stuff like that would be really useful in competitive scenes but i don't think like the dual sense is like you don't buy a 200 dollars pl- controller to play like a single player game yeah i agree the weight is very nice you pick it up and it like it just feels more premium for sure and more girthy i think the so the touchpad is nice it's it's black and a little bit more hard edge so it's a little bit more squared off but it has the sacred symbols you know on it which is very clean. And then the face buttons are blacked out instead of being clear jewels. So it has a really nice finish to it. It looks really nice. It is nice and heavy. It still has all the same haptic feedback as the base controllers. Does it look good in person? It does. I think that was my biggest complaint is that visually I didn't like the touchscreen being shiny. So the touchscreen or is it you as mean shiny as it does? The, where the analogs are is glossy. That is glossy, but I didn't really notice it that much. However, I haven't probably used it enough for it to get scuffed and maybe it would look worse, Mm -hmm. but the touchpad looks great. And the biggest thing for me is when you pick it up, you're immediately like, oh, this is like a fancy controller. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I would be interested like in a Black Friday sale, like maybe like 120 or 150. I would shell it out, but 200 is is a little too rich for my blood at the moment. No, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know what I would recommend it at price, excuse me, price point wise at just simply because like I basically got it for nothing. So it's hard to say, but it wasn't something I was going to get at full 200. So I definitely understand at least and the very least waiting for a sale. Especially it's like it's like half a console and like almost half the VR yeah unit itself so it's like eh, there's like other priorities i'd rather like save up for or honestly if they have like which i believe like i've heard like rumors of 
that they're gonna re-release like a playstation pulse headset but like more like nicer and like a higher end so like touching probably maybe like 200 dollars or something like that and i was like yeah i'd rather buy like a more practical accessory like that than a controller even though controller is probably the accessory you like you know interface with the most and having an and that make that would make sense to shell out the money for it but in my mind i'm like eh, like you said the regular dual shock or dual sense is it dual, wait, it's dual sense it's yeah, dual sense edge dual sense edge is though is the pro, pro pro version too yeah the regular dual sense is fantastic already so yeah totally agreed and then basically in terms of like what i've been playing i've still been on the horizon train so i did finish horizon zero dawn and i'm now playing frozen wilds frozen wilds i'm not i'm not finished with yet but frozen wilds is much better than the base game to me and makes me actually really excited to play forbidden west and then also maybe burning shores when that comes out so frozen wilds is really cool so far the Creatures are way more aggressive and more fun to fight. The weapons are much cooler and you just using a base bow and arrow, it doesn't seem to be like the way to go in Frozen Wilds, which is awesome. Like it's better to use a variety of different weapons and elements and stuff like that. So really enjoying it. It looks really nice. There's a lot of really heavy particle effects on the screen just because like it's snowing, but it's like really, really heavy snow the whole time. And so I'm enjoying that. Zero Dawn. I thought it was good. I said that we would get into it a little bit more. And so I feel like now is the, I don't know if it's necessarily spoiler warning as I feel like it's a pretty old enough game, but. And it sold, it sold well enough. A lot of people, I think it sold like 20 million copies. The first one. So y'all bought it. Y'all should have played it. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they bought it. I will say, let's see, just in case spoiler is in effect and people are worried, I would say go ahead and skip ahead about, five minutes and then maybe from then you should be good but so horizon zero dawn i thought it was good i didn't think it was great on the baseline while playing it the thing that i kept thinking was the way that the story unfolds in terms of project zero dawn and everything that happens in 2065 the like before like what caused the world to be the way that it is i would much rather be playing that than Aloy's story in the 31st century. I just thought that listening to... uh, Another thing, too, is that you get almost all of that story through audio logs and stuff like that, which I understand it's in the past, but it would still be cool, even if it was a cutscene, to actually fully animate that because what they're describing sounds so interesting and so cool to see, but you just experience all of it through audio and then continue on Aloy's journey, which feels... It feels like I'm kind of getting the lesser of the story. Interesting story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, in a sense you are because you're not playing the lived-out story. You're The game is, like, solving what the past story was. Yeah, and I think that when, you know, when I finished this and Liz watched me play a lot of it, so she was basically completely on par with where I am with the story, she also was, you know, oh, it would be great if they were making a prequel, but, you know, we're in we're years past the first one and we know that Forbidden West is out, continues Aloy's story, and we know that they're probably going to make a third one which is only going to continue it even more. So we know that that prequel is not probably in the cards, at least for a really long time. And so I'm only speaking from the perspective of Zero Dawn. I haven't played Forbidden West yet, but I thought that 
story's really, really original and some really great ideas. I thought execution okay. slightly frustrating. In terms of like the world and gameplay, uh, nothing was that stand out to me. I just I thought the combat was I played on normal, but I thought the game was really, really easy. Like, for example, I would do mission like a main mission might be like level 30 and I'm like 21. No problem at all. And so it was just because it's like you just bow and arrow all the sweet spots that you scan and then move on, which was really cool at the beginning, but then got a little tiresome when I realized that there there was like no need to experiment with other weapons. I did, but it just was unnecessary. And so, okay. yeah. Are you interested in the platinum? I think that. So the way I'm looking at it is, at the moment, no. I would probably move to Forbidden West, and then if I platinumed that, then I would come back. I feel like I would rather, I would rather make sure I spend a lot of time in their newest kind of most impressive world, rather than kill mm-hmm. like drain myself on Zero Dawn and then maybe not get to it. So I want to just beat this, which I did. Beat Frozen Wilds. Beat Forbidden West, beat Burning Shores, and then if I want to platinum it, I'll platinum Forbidden West, and then go back and just platinum Zero Dawn. Okay, sounds nice. So, what do you like about Frozen Wilds? Because you said like it's like plays a lot more be- like better and stuff like that. Is like the combat more involved? The creatures, I think the creatures are way more interesting. Like, there's okay. a. For example, in Frozen Wilds, you have a mission where you'll go against these three kind of giant like frost gorillas. And the they're just they're really aggressive and they force you to play differently. Like you can't just like, oh, slow-mo, bow and arrow, slow. No, they're good, they're like fast enough that they'll go through the slow-mo and get to you. So you have to like, okay, let me put some traps here. I'll put a rope caster down. Okay, this one is weak to shock, so I'll use this new. You get a weapon in Frozen Wilds that's like a Wonder Waff from like if you play Call of Duty Zombies. It's like a giant oh, like shit, staff. Yeah. That like it's like Raiden staff also from MK. Like you're electrocuting them. There's like flamethrowers, there's like lobber grenade launchers. So the weapons are really cool in Frozen Wilds also. And so it just seems like more Oh, and also, I just got to say one of the greatest greatest little quality of life things that's in forbidden west or not forbidden sorry frozen wilds but non-zero dawn there is an outfit in frozen wilds that heals you over time which is incredible so you don't have to worry about running around i mean you still should have them but you don't have to be like oh fuck i need to go find a berry on the ground in the middle of this fight (laughs) like you can you still find them berries in forbidden west yeah i know you're still on on that but the the nice thing is that if you don't get hit long enough, then you start to regen health. And with the healing, some like small complaint, but I don't like that you have you stop moving to heal, like just a little bit. Like you can't keep running and mm-hmm. heal, and so like it's stuff like you can't that. do like the far cry, like hold triangle and run away from the enemy. Exactly. And so there's a couple of like minor little hiccups with. I know I'm reaching my five minute point here, so I'll try to wrap up. But with zero dawn, it's like. Actually, no, I'm not talking about story stuff anymore. So y'all, yeah, y'all are fine. Y'all can, y'all can listen. Yeah. So uh, another minor thing, too, is we we talk about the fact that there's rumors about like a remake coming out and we're like, it's totally unnecessary. It's actually a little bit surprising that while playing this, I felt like, you know, I don't think it's needed, but there was a surprising amount of pop-in and graphical glitches while I was playing. And this is after them having like a PS5 performance patch and stuff like that added to the game. There were a lot of 
moments both in cutscenes and out of cutscenes where it'd be pretty immersion breaking where just you know you're talking to a character and then you stop talking to them and then they look like play-doh i know that's normal for the game but that's kind of weird to see and then you'll see while you're talking to somebody's surfaces in the background just like continuously popping in and out so stuff like that kept happening and i just i kind of I kind of kept the energy through the whole game that I was like, you know what, this is really good, but I don't know how anyone could think this is like an amazing game. (laughs) Like almost subjectively, like there's like objectively, I don't know how someone like it's, I could see like, okay, this is a great game, but like, not like amazing. It does a lot of stuff really good, but I'm really interested to see forbidden West because I could see them evolving it into something great. Something else and I know it's a lot of stuff here, but something else too is the map. It, the map felt weird to me. Like, you know how sometimes in open world games you can tell like, okay, I'm in this region, which might be like low level or I'm going to like the end game areas or there's just like a big difference in geographies. I never really knew where the fuck I was on Horizons map. It was just like some forest <laughs> and then a large portion of it is desert. But yeah, it, the whole middle was desert. But it didn't really. Now is it? It's Utah, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so or Utah, or Colorado, one of the yeah four corner states. I think it's. I think it's one of those. But again, you only see that in text logs. So like a lot mm-hmm. of the most interesting stuff too with this game, I think. I think it's great to have fun extra stories in text logs and audio logs, but I don't think you should have your most interesting core stuff be text logs and audio logs. And there's like two main missions that are where you get most of the story. And it's just going through areas watching like hologram logs, which is cool. But they're also way too long. Like one of those missions is like 45 minutes. (laughs) And you're just walking through and watching hologram after hologram being like, damn, I wish I could play that. And Aloy is not very likable. So that doesn't help either. I don't think that helps in the second one either. But I do think what you will like about the second one is... I mean, I didn't beat it, so I can't speak to like too much authority. But for me, early on playing it, I did feel like I was getting my ass kicked a lot. So maybe you like, might like the more aggressive, more harder, more engaging gameplay from that sense. Cool. Because I did notice while playing Forbidden West, like a part of it that was like kind of annoying me is like, what the fuck? I'm just like getting my ass like handed to me. And it's like, this is the beginning of the game. What the fuck? Now, I also wanted to shout out, I know when we were talking about God of War, when you replayed it recently for Ragnarok coming out, that you mentioned there's that annoying ass part in the elevator where you have to fight like every type of enemy. Horizon does have one of those parts where you're going to a location and they just put like every single fucking animal type in between you and the exit. But I just want everyone to know I just ran through all of it. I didn't fight any of them. Total waste of my time. So I just went. You do have to fight them in God of War. Yeah, in Horizon you don't. Luckily, you can just like dodge and make your way up and through. Damn, that's kind of shitty. Well, I mean, it's also shitty that I wanted to do that. Like, I didn't want to fight them. I felt like they were wasting my time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Horizon is a Horizon as a series is just a weird series. It's been it's been released to people that don't say it's terrible, but don't say it's amazing, and it has been overshadowed by like classic all-time games yeah i think it's in i think it's in no way shape or form a bad game or even mediocre it's definitely Mm -hmm. a good game it just it just had some small frustrations and then overall it didn't do any one thing that i felt made it made it like stand out as like a great game 
There was no like one thing I can pick out. I guess except for the backstory, but it's not even the main story. Yeah, I think the lore is really strong in Horizon. I also thought for like the time it coming out, it wasn't really buggy. I know you said you experienced a lot Visually, of yeah, a lot of visual like stuff, not actual. But it wasn't like gameplay bugs. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't really have many like bugs in that sense, and it also looked like fantastic because like 2017, even though it doesn't feel like that long ago, it is a pretty long time in terms of technology. So the even then, like you said, Horizon now looks ugly. Yeah, and it's only been five years. I think the character models look or six years now, 2023. Yeah, I'm fucking tripping. The character models look great when you're talking and you're up close. It's just as soon as you stop the dialogue, even though the characters are still right in front of you, they just immediately look like like putty. Like all the detail is lost yeah. immediately. I remember as soon as you said that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that is a weird thing that game did." So that's just like really funny to see, but it kind of never goes away. But I'm glad I played it, and I'm excited to play Forbidden West. We'll see how long I stick with Forbidden West if I make it all the way through. I think I'm less, I'm less confident that I will make it all the way through, no question. But Zero Dawn, I was like really dedicated to be like, "All right, I've tried this so many times, I need to just get through it." Forbidden West. If I start it, one of the PlayStation classics, you know. Yeah, if I start Forbidden West and I don't finish it immediately, I won't feel bad because it's like, okay, it's only a year old. I can come back to it, you know. That's kind of where I am with it. Yeah, it's like not that old, so I don't feel bad about it yet. And nobody's talking mm-hmm. about it to spoil it, which is nice. Yeah, because it's way one of the first party games that nobody cares to spoil. Yeah, one of the few. But um, I wanted to ask you a very important question. What do you, what game do you think is better, Days Gone, or do you think Horizon's better? Days Gone. Oh wow! So, see, I, that's why I asked you because I felt like that would be the answer I would get. So, thank you for that. Do you, providing great content. Do you think? Well, so let me explain it first, right? And then I can guess I can spin it mm-hmm. back to you. I would say Days Gone because I think that I actually think Deke is a. I like him. I actually like the mm-hmm. two characters, like him and Bruiser. I think that they're both pretty fun characters to watch and interact with. I played the game a little while after it came out, so it wasn't very buggy for me. I know that that's a problem a lot of people did have, but when I played it, it was relatively smooth. I thought that the motorcycle was really cool. I thought the hordes, especially, you know, they come in very late in the game, but I thought the hordes were awesome. Very like unique, specific to that, where you would be training a giant horde through an area and shooting explosives to kind of like cut them off, and they would have their little caves that they would come out of. So I thought gameplay wise, very interesting. I thought it did have unique things to it, motorcycle specifically, and the hordes. And I also wanted to give a shout out with the motorcycle that I had the Death Stranding motorcycle when I was playing it, and I fucking <laughs> loved that with the BB like in the center console. Yeah. So. That's really cool. And then the story itself was fine, but I thought the conclusion of the story, which I won't spoil, even though we know we're not going to get a sequel, I thought the conclusion was awesome. Like the post kind of epilogue. Both games end on basically a cliffhanger. That's true, but I don't think that Horizon's cliffhanger is very interesting. It doesn't pull you as much in. Like I'm very disappointed we not getting a Days Gone 2. Yeah. And I mean, not that I'm not disappointed with getting a horizon too but it wasn't like i wasn't like oh i really want to figure out what the hell is behind this whole thing yeah the, like hey, it would be cool if there is but if not if this was a one-off i'd be like oh this horizon was a cool one-off game as a 
it's like I wish Sony would have picked Days Gone instead of Horizon. Like the way they're treating Days Gone, like I wish Horizon was the one-off cool game that you know we liked, and that's it. And now they're like making it a whole thing. Yeah, I agree that, with the show and all that. Yeah, the cliff the cliffhanger in Horizon was like, okay, that's cool. Like I'll I, I'll learn more, but it's not crazy. But in Days Gone, it was like, oh shit! Like now we're gonna that's now cool. we're getting into like the real interesting <laughs> shit, and then we're not going to. Which things? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I liked it. What if? I know that maybe previously you would have been Horizon, but has that changed at all? Or how would you between those two? What would you say? I would say, I would say my heart says Days Gone, and my head says Horizon. This is fair. Like emotionally, I think I do. Like you said, I connected with Deke. I didn't think. I mean, is he kind of like paint by numbers biker guy? He is, but he has a heart of gold, and I don't know. There's something that's charismatic and endearing about him. Like, there's like little things that he does in the way he treats people. They're like, Deke is a good guy. Yeah, that's true. And and the core thing with Aloy that's frustrating is that she seems tired to do stuff. Like she's like, oh yeah, like sure, I guess I'll help you, bitch. If I gotta play you as you for fifty <laughs> hours, you gotta be excited to do this side quest. Because if you're not excited, then I'm not excited. And I know that even yeah. I played like an hour of Forbidden West and she like starts the game with that like, oh, I guess I got to help everyone. So that's like kind of frustrating. Deke is different. Like you said, Deke is like he's like a hardened guy, but he has that like soft side and that makes him interesting to play. And also him and Bruiser have like awesome interactions. Yeah, Bruiser Bruiser's iconic. And I think that they also have a lot of fucked up like imagery. Like the game is pretty dark. Yeah. Days gone with like the like side like you know uh like rebellious factions throughout the game the thing though that kills me about days gone is that its gameplay is great and the last third of the game and that's something that it can't be like you know i feel like that's a major flaw within that game is that the most interesting gameplay mechanic is literally the last third of a game it's like that's like some jrpg shit well and it sets us up to look like fucking idiots recommending it because it 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 they're gonna play it for forty hours and be like, "This fucking well, it sucks." It sets us up to be. It sets us up to say the line that everyone hates most, which is like, "Don't worry, it gets better." And you yes, never want to be that fucking not... guy that's recommending something, and you're like, "Don't worry, it gets better." But it is true that that once that's included into the game, it makes it so much more fun to play. But it's really almost like a clearing the map at the end of the game, not even in the story type of thing. Yeah, and then Last of Us gets points. I don't even think it would get lore points over Days Gone because that ending, it's supposed to be tied to Siphon Filter. Like, Days Gone had... It had interesting lore, but then, like, its potential for a sequel had, like... It was going to be, like... Like we said, the sequel for Days Gone 2 seemed like it was going to be really, really cool. Yeah. And, like, different and, like, kind of, you know... It was going more sci-fi and, like, wacky. But then while Horizon Zero Dawn... Even though the sequel, I know it has like you know people do like it because it is kind of wacky and quirky. It is very kind of like paint by number sci-fi. Um, the like twist that Aloy is the super genius lady that cloned herself is like you're like ah. Doctor Elizabeth Sobek. You're like okay, but it, but then I guess that makes sense why Aloy is so kind of naturally intuitive and smart and this and stuff like that. So it does kind of justify that, but I don't know the. The, the relation and all that stuff. Aloy's story lacks like the emotion that Deke's story has. And I think that's just, I don't wouldn't even say it's better writing. I would just say it's like a better performance. Well, and it also comes back to with Aloy, it's that likability thing where 
she inherently has those capabilities because of being a DNA match to this super scientist from 2065. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she sees that she is a, a DNA match. And then she's like, is that, is that my mom? What, where was I? And you're like, like, bitch, of course you, it's right in front of you. It says a hundred percent. Like, obviously yeah. that's what's that's happening. And so stuff like that would it could be an overwhelming moment though for her. You know? And another thing too, that I no, know it's... other people have mentioned is something that horizon does weird. At, and I will move on at some point, but until then y'all just got to <laughs> sit point. tight with horizon is it's kind of hard to tell the age. So like she's 19 in it, but she could be like anywhere between 19 and like 35. I think like she doesn't, I don't look think so. Or she's see, very young. But she doesn't seem like, like, like she... a 19 year old. She does. She seems like a like well, a is, so like a Last of Us Two. Ellie is supposed to be like similar age as Aloy. Yeah, that seems I think weird. They're both just nineteen, actually, which is kind of weird. But um, I think Aloy does give off kind of. It's weird because she's like like a like an outsider kind of. You would assume to be a little bit more humble, but she's kind of just like kind of like bratty. Yeah, and like very self confident. She's just like a very like self confident kind of like young person that kind of just blows by people and is like. I know the right answer. Like I don't need to listen like, to like dumb fucks like you. Does she know the right answer? Who knows? She that's, that's, like that's, she doesn't know. That's that uh, overconfidence. That's but then while Ellie Ellie, I mean Ellie's kinda of, Ellie's kinda of like that. I think Ellie's hardened into that, but Ellie Ellie's whole character development is just like good. It's like it's like comparing Days Gone to Horizon, I think is fair, but I don't like comparing Horizon to Last of Us is like Oh yeah, no, no, no. Just yeah, just no. because I think that Gorilla did a good job stepping their way into third person open world games, but we gotta remember too that like story execution and kill zones has never been like a strong suit. So that they they're also finding their footing in like writing characters and making storylines and stuff like that. I'm not saying that they didn't have storylines. I'm just saying in Killzone Shadowfall, that was definitely the worst part of the game. Killzone Shadowfall's story was so bad that I told Mark he had to play it to experience it. Yeah, we were both pissed when we realized there was another mission. Which is so weird because A, that tells you A, how bad the core experience was and how pissed we were being like, you know, psyched out because like it rolls credits it rolls right credits. and then it queues up yeah and then queues up like another and then you're like all right maybe it's like i just you're like an event and then maybe it's you just crawl to the event and watch a cutscene play out but it's like a whole fucking another like 30 40 minutes yeah shit's mad frustrating imagine being like at two like a being a game reviewer and it's like 2 a.m and you're like i fucking beat it finally i can actually write it and then you're like Fuck, I gotta play this for another half an hour. Yeah. I mean it's or I think about that with Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2 has like the 20 hour epilogue. Yeah, but that's good. That's good. <laughs> that is good, but it sometimes you're kind of like, I wish this was almost like a set. Like the epilogue in Red Dead 2 could be DLC. Well, and sometimes you get into that energy where you're like, okay, this is the session where I'm gonna finish the game. And that can when yes. that happens, sometimes you don't know how far you actually are. And sometimes <laughs> at all costs, you're gonna get through it. I, I think I think I would prefer it's- a session where, okay, I'm gonna beat it now, but then it ends up taking me longer. The sessions that I don't like are sessions where I'm like, all right, let's say it's like four o'clock and it's like, okay, the sun is going to go down. It's going to be nighttime. I'm going to finish it. But then you hop on and you're done in like 15, 20 minutes and you didn't know that you were that close. 
but now you finished it and like the sun's still out and like you didn't have the volume all the way up and like shit just kind of <laughs> finished like the ending just kind of like dribbled out that's how bioshock infinite ended for me i still loved it that's right because it's bioshock <laughs> infinite but i didn't know i was right there at the end and then like i hopped on and then it just like closed right off Damn. I mean, I feel like the ending was kind of climactic, so I feel like it was building up to something. You had to know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Did you have like the song? Where did you like beat the songbird was, and like literally I was at the songbird saved? fight? Like I was, that was like where I was at, and I didn't know how much more climactic <laughs> fights I had. And then I hopped on, just did that, and then roll like basically cutscene and credits. Yeah, that, I think that's a, probably the last combat sequence. But you probably still had like what another like it was like maybe it wasn't like the nice two three hour sesh, but it was probably like what 30, 40 minutes you had left. Probably. I mean, it was amazing. They have a lot of cutscenes. It was amazing anyway. It was a great so ending. it's not it's a not a maybe the best game to use as an example. But you guys know what I mean, where it's like you sit down, and you're like, all right, now is when I'm going to finish it. And sometimes it can drag. I think out I a would prefer long. beating it early though. Yeah, just because the. When it's like too long, that shit's like really annoying. Yeah, I want the sweet spot. Then it's like I want not too short, want not too long. Like maybe like I sit down and like feature length film, like an hour and a half to two hours, and then I'm done. Damn, that's nice. Let's play games. This shit's so fun. Yeah, it is. It's a good time. Movies are. Fun I was gonna too. tell you something, but I forgot. That's okay. You'll figure it out at some point. I mean, if you don't <laughs> remember at the moment, you can just tell us what you've been playing, and then maybe it'll pop up. If not, I'm sure to remember at some okay. point. Well, I've been playing uh, Dead Space as as I've been talking about for the past few weeks. I'm going through my Platinum run, doing my Plasma Cutter only run on New Game Plus, collecting all the new markers to see the new ending, which I haven't had spoiled yet completely. I have like no idea really what it's going to be, so I'm kind of excited to see whatever that is. I, I've heard like you know teases. I've heard that it teases Dead Space Two, which is very fun. And then um, I started up Sifu which was Mark's Hell game yeah. of the year last year. And that has been very, very fun and very, very like different for me in terms of like the games that I usually play. Cause I don't really usually play very like combat based games or not combat based games, but like combat challenging games. I usually try to play like I use games as like escape. So I want it to be like somewhat easy. Tell me a story. I'm just like chilling. I love like a single player uh, linear game. As you listen, you'll you'll notice that's what I kind of morally more gravitate towards. But um, Sifu is it's similar in that sense where the structure is like that, but the combat is like very very hard. And I understand now why people compared it to a fighting game because like you do have to do like fight fighting game like combos in the middle of the combat. So that was very uh, interesting. The story is a lot more like in depth and like more involved and like actually put more time like the studio put more time into the story than i thought they would i thought it would be like this is the mechanic you get older as you die and like just kind of rinse and repeat and just kind of like not really like expand upon that but the story seems very engaging it's a classic story of revenge and then sound everything really works for it and the music it just feels very uh cinematic and a lot of it's like like aspects when you're just like kind of moving the camera or even fighting in these scenes you're like this looks like it's straight up out of a movie but you're actually playing it Yeah, I mean it's a it's an incredibly gorgeous game. I mean, even I mean, so you've beat Fajar or Fajar, right? You, so you're on to the second level. You're playing the club, and you're saying that some of the scenes look like they're straight out of a movie. Did you notice there is a scene in the first level that's straight out of a movie? 
the hallway fight in Old Boy? Oh my god, dude. Uh, there's so many movies you gotta watch. Oh my god. So sorry if I'm spoiling that, but there's an extremely famous action scene in Old Boy where he's going through a hallway. And in the first level, when you're doing that hallway fight sequence, it's like that. Like the the game has a bunch of sequences that are like really fun to watch. And so obviously, since you're at the start of the game, you're kind of only going to go upwards in trajectory of like the scale and the enemies and the bosses that you fight. There's a lot of standouts. I think it is a game that gets continuously stronger. I will say, I think for me personally, the third level is my favorite. Both in terms of its visuals, but also in terms of its difficulty. The third boss, to me, is besides the final, is the most difficult. The final boss okay. is fucking insane, but it's so <laughs> satisfying when you beat it. I was like, I felt like I was really having to like fight someone. The amount of effort I had to like put into finishing the final boss, but the game is incredible. I'm just like really happy that you're playing it or giving it a try. Yeah, no, it's it is a fantastic game. Like. I am very excited to continue playing it. I do want to keep it at the standard difficulty because I'm now playing with a new update where they added a student difficulty for like, you know, the lower, lower people like me that that can't handle the hard games. But I'm trying to play it at the traditional level that it came out for you just to kind of get that experience because it does feel like a game that I will enjoy like beating and it's like a sense of accomplishment. And I've already started replaying levels to lower my age and stuff like that. So I think it has a very cool gimmick and I am excited to see what the studio comes up with next. Cause I thought that, I think this game is a breath of fresh air in terms of creativity and didn't get enough love last year. No, it didn't. It, I, I really didn't feel like it got enough love. I know that people just kind of played it and were like, Oh, this is too hard. So I'm, I'm off of it, but it, I don't, I don't really understand that. Like it's difficult, but one of the things is that I never felt like it was unfair I feel like you can definitely keep up with and they give you enough moves to do everything it's asking of you. And when you get older and you're slower, I feel like it's like I'm fucking pissed. But when you're older, you're stronger. Your health mm-hmm. is smaller, but you can take out enemies quicker. So there is like a trade-off where I do like that. I like how they make it like where it's like you gain and lose. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just interesting to play. Yeah, it's just a great game. It's just one of those different ones. I think they did a really good job of... So it's by Slow Clap, who also made Absolver back in you know the mid-2010s. And that was a kind of co-op multiplayer game where you would go up against somebody and fight them. But it would be similar kind of combat. Not the same, but similar. And I'm really glad they evolved from that. Like They definitely used that and made something really special as a single-player experience. So... It is it is just a fantastic game for sure. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to, and I'm like looking forward to getting more into that. But um I don't know where else to mention this, but I I did uh pull the trigger on a game and I did buy Stubbs' Zombies remaster. Oh, all right. It was only like <laughs> it was the yeah, sorry. Nothing exciting. It was only like uh six ninety nine and I was like, fuck, I really want this game. And I was like, I, I have the I still have my leftover cash on my wallet from the employee appreciation day for my employer yeah leftover did you spend any of it or just that just that so now i have 93 dollars in my wallet solid solid yeah i I have i also have some but i think basically right resident evil 4 is going to be the next and then i think after that (laughs) the surefires are like dead island 2 and jedi and then jedi so i think those are kind of our big games coming up closely but we have other (laughs) stuff 
that we can that we can talk about and get into. We have another day one game coming to PlayStation Plus, and I'm not talking about Chia. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not talking about Chia. We're talking Don't hate about- on Chia. Chia's gonna be great. We'll find out. It's day one. We'll have no <laughs> excuse not to try it. That's true. You know what? You'll want to see how much people enjoy it. Download it and see what the trophy earn rates are. That's how it's a great way to gauge. All right. You could do that with any game and it's low outside of those fucking so, from software maniacs. Some games are lower than others. I think it's That's fair true. to say. That is true. So Meet Your Maker is coming to PlayStation Plus day one in April. To be more specific, this is going to be one of the essential games and it'll be available for pickup on April 4th. They haven't announced the other essential games that we will get, but they went ahead and kind of started the marketing push for this game early. Meet Your Maker is the game by Dead by Daylight developer Behavior Games. And this is the... It's kind of hard to explain. So it's a new IP where... There's basically kind of like a dungeon master creating the arena that you will fight through. But it's also a roguelite in the sense that you're going to kind of keep trying to get as far as you can into the dungeon. So it definitely sounds like it's a smart idea to have it be not necessarily free, but available to a large audience at the start. Because you're probably going to want to have a big audience working on like the creating these dungeons kind of sides. Which I would the imagine. The idea behind the game is that everything is created by, like somebody. Exactly, and so if if you, I think if you didn't have wide <laughs> access early, that could be like a nail in the coffin right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the game will see players build and defend outposts against other users, and I'm interested to play it. You know, it's got it's got a first person shooter perspective. You play as these kind of like robotic looking, you know, people. It looks very cool. It has a nice art style to it. It's one of those things where the concept is interesting. I just want to know how it plays and how, like, is it going to be almost all exclusively outposts made by users or are there going to be maybe like a standard amount from the dev team that like maybe we can play through? Because me personally, I don't really, when those are in games that's not something that i gravitate towards because they're normally either like really difficult or really bullshit when you have people creating these levels that are like oh you can't beat this so i would i would i think it would be nice if there were some kind of like standard levels to just like get the feel of it first because i'm also not going to be making any outposts it's not really (laughs) i don't i'm not playing a game to make a game that's never really been my thing i like having an objective to complete so do you have interest in this um i'm interested because it's on playstation plus so it's like gonna be it's not gonna be at any additional costs and it's it'll be a fun thing to play obviously the time to play it is going to be released it's on a you know a subscription platform it's going to have its most players so it will, it will be its best and it'll be its most fun at launch so i definitely kind of want to be there for that um the gameplay looks interesting I hope that it's it's it feels good. I hope it's as kinetic as it looks. I hope it doesn't feel like floaty and stuff like that when you get like behind the controller. I think the like character designs for like the robots, they look like a mixture of like IG88 and then also like Raven with like their cool like hats. Yeah, that's true. So I just looked also there are two modes you can either build or defend. So I don't think there will be any like outpost from the studio itself. At least it's what it seems like. And so you can you know defend you can be the one who makes it and defends it or you can raid another outpost and you can do that either in solo or co-op this also will release on pc and xbox same day but it will just be available on plus for in quotes free of course with your essential 
uh, subscription and make sure that you add the games just like every game on Essential every month. Add them. Once you add them, they're in your library forever. So might as well do it. It's, oh, it's also essential, the lowest tier. That's very smart, too. Yeah, so it'll be essential. So they didn't actually say that, but when I went to look... I assumed April it was going to be extra for some reason. So yeah, no, I did too, but then I was like, okay, April 4th, let me check. It's a Tuesday, so I think it's on the essential. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's definitely smarter. Get it to the lowest common denominator, so that way you get the most player bases. Player player pool. Yeah, but, um, and the wording is claimable, which makes me think essential. Okay, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm I'm down. I'm excited to play. I, and like we have been mentioning here and there on the pod, but mostly in real life, uh, is that we're looking kind of for a new multiplayer game. You know, Warzone's kind of fallen off. We talked a little bit of, or a lot about that last episode. So um, anything multiplayer, I am kind of like just kind of keen on right now. Just kind of want to find something new that kind of has that stickiness that like makes me want to keep on coming back. Yeah, and even if we didn't, just like now we can... We can be nomads. We can go around and just try a bunch of different stuff, see how we feel. Mm -hmm. And so another great way to do that is with the other plus games. So not only did we learn about the day one game from next month, we also got further confirmation of what games are going to be available on extra and premium for March. So we had that little teaser during the state of play, but we now have the full list of the extra and premium games and they are as follows in the extra tier you'll have access to Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, Chia, which is going to be a day one release, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, Ghostwire Tokyo, Life is Strange True Colors, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Life is Strange 2, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, Street Fighter V, Untitled Goose Game, Final Fantasy Type-0, Rage 2, Neo The World Ends With You, and Haven. So just off that list right off the bat, I mean, Life is Strange, True Colors, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, I think are two that have been somewhat in our interest, but we haven't bought, so those are nice to get. And then for people who haven't played them, play Ghostwire Tokyo. It's a great game. Also, it comes with a very big update that adds a lot of stuff that makes me want to honestly kind of jump back in it. Yeah, so I think this is a you know decent, pretty good selection. And then in terms of the premium games, we've got Siphon Filter Dark Mirror PSP, Ape Academy 2 PSP and Ridge Racer Type 4 PS1. Now, I think this is a fine list, but I just want to say that for me personally, with them already having three siphon filter games, them adding more <laughs> siphon filter games is not that interesting. And Ridge Racer, they added have trophies. They yes. So those do have trophies, the siphon filter ones. Yeah, but, but Ridge, Ridge Racer, Racer they about. added Ridge Racer from PSP, which for people who played it know that that PSP version of Ridge Racer has most of the content from previous Ridge Racers. So giving a Ridge Racer from earlier just means that you're kind of giving a lesser version. Now, my hopes is would be that this PS1 has trophies because the other Ridge Racer does not have trophies. Yeah. But from what I understand... Ridge Racer is a Bandai Namco product, so it wouldn't have trophies anyway. Because it's not first party? Because it's not first party. Now, I can check this one. I'll look this one up right now, but the Ridge Racer that's currently on premium doesn't have trophies, and a Bandai Namco splash screen does come up. Well, I know that it wasn't a first party game, but I, I thought for some reason some third party games have gotten trophies support, but I would believe what you're saying, though, that only first. But that doesn't make any sense. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah, so so Ridge Racer <laughs> Type 4, which will be coming out, is was developed and published by Namco. So it was before Bandai Namco. It was just Namco at the time. So that makes me think it won't have trophies, which Ridge Racer is very cool. I think that the one that they added to Premium is sick. And so I do think that them adding this is also awesome. But if they had trophies, like if they had trophies in that other Ridge Racer, I would, I would go for the Platinum, no question. Mm-hmm. It's got such a unique 2000s racing game feel that we just like do not get any of now. We don't have that anymore. So it's really it yeah. comes from a special time which I mean I know that they're they're not there yet, but when they get to the point where they would add some PS2 classics, I mean if they added like Midnight Club on here with trophies, oh my fucking god. Like Need for Speed Underground 2. Uh, stuff like that would be so incredible. That would be fucking cool. <sighs> But they're not going to do shit like we that. They're going to do in fucking, time. We can have hope. Be positive. We can have positive. We can we can be be positive. Be positive. That's true. But let's also be realistic. Fucking Sony and Jim Ryan are fucking punk ass bitches. They're not going to add what we want. They're going to add fucking hot shots. All seventeen hot shot golf games. Yeah, and those hot shot games are difficult to platinum. <laughs> so fuck that. So fuck that. We want the easy premium plots. Yeah, that's why I'm paying extra for easy, easy platinums. I mean, that's true. And unfortunately, too, we've <laughs> got to keep talking about these extra and premium games because games continuously get delayed. Oh, we wanted to play Rocky City, and now we have to wait. <laughs> so Rocky City but- is still going to release in March for PC, but now consoles have to wait until June. and system shock has been delayed indefinitely on consoles after they just said that they were targeting a march window god damn so both of these there's not a whole lot necessarily to go into except for the windows or lack thereof of a release date there wasn't a lot of reason given for either it's just pc makes sense because it felt like we heard about that at Game Awards, right? Yes. So that's like too quick of a turnaround. It's like, hey, give yourself. I don't even like I like you got to market a little bit like you're about to just be out and I don't even know about it. That one did seem like a quick turnaround. Totally. System Shock, however, though, System Shock's been floating around for a minute. I think that's going to be I feel like it's not going to be good. I'm just going to be I'm just going to I'm just going to be honest. My, my gut feeling is it's and been in development hell. It's not going to come out clean. It's going to either PC or console version is going to suffer. Whatever they didn't prioritize, I don't think is really going to shine. It's going to be like little less than cyberpunk in terms of like, it, and it's not going to be cyberpunk in terms of visuals, but I do think it's going to be like have game breaking bugs in it. Yeah. I think that that's my V that's my vibe off of it. I mean, definitely possible. It's just unfortunate. It's one of those where, for some reason, because it's a remake, I don't understand the delay as much. I can't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I understand the delay more, and you know, this is just my personal opinion, obviously. But I feel like, okay, conceptually, if you're coming out with something new and original, I can understand maybe being like, "Hey, like, actually, we have this idea. We need to delay it so that we can add this in." But I'm like, you're remaking a game, so theoretically, once you have all the pieces in place and whatever changes you wanted to do, you should probably just be focusing on polishing and bug fixing. But I, how would that be that difficult when you're not making new systems? You're just, you know what I mean? Like you're remaking something. So unless you're, unless something about the way that you've 
developed it from the ground level, unless there's some crazy fundamental issues on their end, you would think that because the game was already existing that they found a way to make it work. So there should be like legacy code they could look at or, you know what I mean? I mean, I obviously am not a developer, but I just, it makes less sense for a remade game to be getting consistently delayed than a new game. Yeah, because you would assume also timetables are properly kind of cut out because you're like, we're going to make the game is this long. The remake is going to be an hour shorter, an hour longer. It's going to be it's the fucking same length. So you already know how long it is. So like, I feel like the schedule should be a little bit more tight. I feel like with new games, part of it could be the creative process takes so long for just coming up with the world, the games and the whole storyboarding it and like putting it all together yeah and you might have like an idea that comes up last minute and be like oh actually we do want that in there but that's not going to happen with a remake exactly so that like yeah there should be clear structure how long like a development timeline so i think yeah system shock's been all over the place i mean it's been it's had release dates in the 2010s right i think it's probably had like a 19 release date on there yeah it's it's unfortunate it's one of those things where you know delays come so frequently and it's it's almost it's just more difficult in a sense of when we get promised things so right for this year we're gonna do a we're thinking about a march window but then you're announcing a delay when we're already halfway through march and i know this isn't over here in playstation land but i feel bad for people on xbox where todd is like hey you're gonna get starfield in the first half of 2023 and obviously that didn't happen so now that's gonna be a september release maybe even if that happens if you watch the release date trailer they don't show really anything in the trailer at all. They show like some cutscene and like a logo, and then it goes to uh, you know, welcome to Bethesda Studios. This asshole all the way in the back is playing the game, but you can't see it. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, we're we're getting to a weird, we're getting to a weird kind of era where the things that we're excited for, we don't really know anything about. It's like that thing too, where like on our Sony side and first party, like, yeah, we know Spider-Man is coming and Wolverine's coming, but like, I don't know anything else. And I was asking Joel kind of before we started recording, where has an exclusive even released this year yet? Cause I don't, I don't think it has. And even last year at this time already, we had Gran Turismo seven and we had horizon. And even though it's not first party, Sifu was a PlayStation exclusive for a period of time so that is that is true but you know what i was also thinking about um last segment when we were talking about plus sorry to derail us no, but no, you no, brought up horizon good. you brought up horizon and grand turismo and that made me start thinking grand turismo is not on this playstation plus list that's true you're right it's been a year it has that's true i feel like yeah, i don't know there's something weird with horizon Horizon's a weird game. Maybe they know. Maybe they know with Horizon that they're like, you know, we gotta just. But it's do the way something. Sony treats it is weird because they like they put it on a pedestal and also kind of like undercut it. Because I feel like releasing it on the subscription service after a year is kind of an undercut. Even though like a year is plenty of time, and I'm not upset as somebody who bought the game that it's on the subscription service. Well, you know what? I would be interested to look at the numbers in terms of like for example what i was gonna say is that forbidden west i could see be a game where a lot of people bought at the start and then it trickles down but i could see gran turismo 7 selling evergreen yes steadily because like if you want Mm -hmm. a racing game you're gonna buy gran turismo 7 and so i think that that's something that could just kind of always sell in that i think they want to extract what they can out of the premium purchases of a game and then put it on plus so maybe that's why they haven't done it with gran turismo 
would be my guess. And it has that VR2 functionality. So if anyone wants to play it on VR2, they're also going to buy it. Yeah, I, I guess you're right there. I guess they probably do view the VR2 as like a second like launch for the game, basically. Especially since it reviewed so well and it's like the whole game is playable in it. That seems to be yeah. This seems to be like the crown jewel of the PlayStation VR two lineup. So yeah, that makes sense. But I, I mean, regardless, it's definitely still interesting to monitor, right? Like, what is their, what is their thought process behind what goes on it and when? I think we're gonna see later this year if Last of Us Part One ends up on there. Then at around that same time, that's September month, then we'll know that okay, at least probably for single player games, it'll be there. So we'll be tracking like okay, what about Part One and what about Ragnarok? will be the two to yeah. kind of look out for in the fall. I fucking wish part one was on sale because I do want to play it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a PlayStation Stars campaign to play either remastered or part one. So luckily, if we want the campaign to get the little pin, we can just we could just play remastered. But yeah, I want part one so, to go on sale, too. So side note with that campaign, I did try doing it with remastered. It wasn't popping up for me. And I just downloaded the trial and it popped instantly. So maybe if you're on PS5, you have to do the okay. part one. Yeah, this makes sense. And then just I guess, FYI. I mean, while we're here, we don't have it written in, but we might as well talk about it, right? You want to go ahead and talk about the Naughty Dog stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Last of Us season one of the show ended in kind of, I don't know. For me personally, uh, lukewarm reaction in terms of the ending i don't think people loved it as much as they wanted people to love it and i also don't think that the show itself is as great as some say in my opinion it's probably like a 7.5 7.5 to 8 at the best i do think that um i think that the, what the show lacks the most is that the infected don't seem as big of a threat and then also on top of that joel and ellie's relationship isn't really fully established so therefore the show kind of just falls flat for me in some points like the ending like fell super super flat especially for that being like an all-time classic video game ending like one of the best endings and then the ending in the show just kind of felt weird it felt very very rushed and that's the first thing i told pam when we finished watching the last episode i was like doesn't did this feel rushed and she was like yeah that should say super did he rushed. say i swear yeah, yeah, it, it, that was like line for line. It, so the last two episodes have been like beat for beat the game. They from whatever they showed in the game, and then like they just cut out like combat sequences. Got it. Which these last two episodes also like I think were stronger for that. Some of the changes and like the some of what they chose to spend time on in terms of side characters, I feel like really took away from Joel and Ellie's relationship and. The show The Last of Us is much more about the world than the game was more about Joel and Ellie's relationship. So with all that aside, there has been a few uh, falling outs from this. Not bad things, but just kind of news sputtering about Neil Druckmann is doing his uh, runarounds, you know, hopping on spoiler casts, talking about the end of the show and all that. And he was actually on Kind of Fundy uh, doing a spoiler cast to Greg Miller, Tim Geddes, and I believe Blessing. And uh, during that whole spoiler cast, Neil, like, kind of, I mean, they have been announcing it, but this is the most official, like, concrete him saying Naughty Dog has found their next project that they're working on. So that was a big thing that came out from that. People were wondering exactly, oh, is it Last of Us Part 3? He didn't confirm either way that if it was Last of Us or a new IP as a whole. 
But I think clearly from the success of the show, they're going to adapt the second game into a show into the show as well. There needs to be a third game, not because of the show pressure, but the part two needed an ending. And then this is the financial pressure that Sony's going to be like, Hey, well, we need to keep on doing this because of this last of us is a bigger thing that means PlayStation's a bigger thing. Yeah. I, if I had to, so I know specifically, right? Like in words, he's, he kind of says like, basically, I know that fans really want last of us part three, but I'm not like, yeah, like you said, he kind of danced around like we're not saying exactly what it is, but we've decided on our next project based on what the team is most passionate about at the moment. Now, it's not he's not referring to factions because we know that that's going to come at some point. We know that Last of Us Part 3, according to rumors, is in development, but also they have a new IP that has a sci-fi setting in development is the other rumor. If mm-hmm. I had to just like take like a gut check on which one I think they're making, I think they're probably going to do the sci-fi one first. And then I think they're going to do part three because I think if they were going to do part three, I think he would just come out and say that because I don't understand why you wouldn't like that's such a you are you want to have a special moment. You don't want to just say it on a podcast. You want it to be like a trailer and everything. My thing, too, is how special could it be when we all know that that's coming? That's why I think they're going to be like, actually, you got factions. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we know if it's coming. If it's at the end of a fucking state of play, you're fucking losing your mind. I don't know if I am. You're not? We have factions. I am. But we have factions. I, I want factions and then the sci-fi and then we'll get part three after they split. So you think about the timeline too. I know that games take a long time to make, but let's say that they're split into like maybe some teams and they're working on both at the same time, which they've done in the past and I wouldn't doubt that they're doing it now. So let's say that they're working in two teams. They're going to adapt part two as the TV show, but they've already said that it's going to be split into two or more seasons, probably two. But let's say it's split into two seasons. You're going to have about a year of production for each and then probably a short span of time where they're being released and then some time after. So let's say... Like three years for two more seasons. Let's say three or four years. I mean, that's uh, on the long side, but three or four years for part two to be adapted into a show. I think that's enough time for factions to come out. Maybe have a year or two gap, have the sci-fi game come out. And then part two is done being adapted. And then maybe two years after, if they're being made simultaneously, you have part two end as the TV show. And then you have part three come out after that. I think timeline wise, that would work out really well for them. Yeah, but I think HBO is going to put pressure on them. Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want Last of Us Part 3, the first I hear about it, to be in the show. So that's why I'm also like, let's get the game out because we know the show The show seems to be kind of like a huge success for HBO. I mean, it has better average viewers than The House of Dragons, which is a spinoff from like one of the most popular TV shows. So there's going to be pressure from, I believe, HBO to be like, hey, well, we need kind of like the story. I was going to say, here's the thing, though, too. They've already mentioned that they have an outline for the part three story. So I think that if they were to work in secret, I think that you can have like, let's say the game releases. You can probably even have within like a month or two of the game releasing being like, okay, now we're starting production on the show. Like, I don't think they need a lot of time with the game because I'm sure that when the game is like cleaning up and going gold, Neil could probably go over to Craig Mason and be like, all right, here, let's start working on the show. But the game is done. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but I feel like the momentum and the pressure financially is going to lean towards Last of Us Part 3 than your side project, or, excuse me, like you said, I think simultaneous development is probably what needs to happen for 
this for us to get more than one PlayStation Five game from Naughty Dog. Yeah, I agree, and I I feel like with I mean, I just I know technically we have part one that was made by them, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, and part one was not maybe we don't know still if part one was made from the ground up by them totally, or if that was taken yeah. from a different they studio and then kind of finished on their end. But I mean, at this at this time when games take so long to make there, I would say there's probably a solid chance they're working on both at the same time. Now, obviously, a little bit selfishly, I'd be more interested in a sci fi game just because also i don't want to get too tired on the world of last of us like i'm gonna play the shit out of factions i don't really want to be playing the shit out of factions and then have part three like really soon after it that's not i would much rather have factions and be in that world but then play something different from naughty dog that's awesome and then be like okay i'm ready for part three when i'm starting to get a little done with factions i think them doing factions and then part three and then just this distance like whatever new ip they have like I don't I feel like if they get too into it then they're never going to leave Last of Us. Like if they don't like be like hold on we want to do this side thing. Part 3 can be the ending of it. Yeah, but it That's won't be. Kind of, you know it won't be. Yes, it, you know it, it won't be. I think I, don't I think, think a trilogy is I think a trilogy is just fine and Naughty Dog has done trilogies. That's true Jax but they never had a, a show. They never had a show with it and you know that changes things. Yeah, but I mean, fucking Last of Us can't be. A, it's not going to be The Walking Dead. It's not going to be ten know. seasons. You don't know that. It's not. You don't. HBO doesn't do business. HBO doesn't do that. I mean, you so they don't do that. Okay, but even if you're saying they don't do that, you're just saying they don't do that. But let's think about it statistically, right? If we're looking at HBO's average length of a show, I'm pretty sure their average length of a show is anywhere between five and seven seasons. So Sopranos is six nothing. seasons. True Blood is five seasons. Game of Thrones is easily, like what eight seasons? That's true. My point is, is that they will be easily five seasons if yeah. part three is going to be as long as part two. Sure, but you're assuming that they're not going to just want to make more. Which I'm telling you right fucking now, if people continue to like it and want more of it, they will make more of it, and it doesn't matter if the quality is good. And you know that you just don't want to say it. I We're holding think... Naughty Dog to a different standard than TV. Naughty Dog yeah, probably no. wouldn't make five games on their own, but coerced with the TV show, it might be different. No, yeah, and I'm and I say five, I mean the five seasons, not games. I think I think I think Last of Us is going to be a trilogy, and then once Part Three is out, they will be done with it officially. And I rather kind of just get to that point than uh, having the Last of Us Part Three sh- like shadow loom over, or have it be like we're going like it's either I want Last of Us Part Three in the next three to four years are i don't want it for like another like 10 yeah i don't want it to be like i don't want it to go back and forth like i want i want to like oh i want, I want to have like this i, I, I want mean, the circle to it, end but that's, i want last of us to be over with i want it to like i want to have conclusion with that story and those characters but that's also how naughty dog like naughty dog operated with doing that back and forth which was nice they did it one time with last of us and uncharted well, sure. Twice well, yeah, if I mean, if you want to think about it, yeah, alternating between those, but it's still like nice to have. It's like a palate cleanser. Like I'm, I've been playing fucking Last of Us Part Two a bunch, and now I'm gonna play Part One, and now I'm gonna play Factions. I don't, I don't. I'm, I know, I know that they're gonna do Part Three, but that makes me be like, all right, I know that's coming. It'd be fun to just get this other one, enjoy it, and then go back to that. Yeah, I guess I also just want I also like part two more. So I kind of I, I do want to see where the story goes. 
Well, I don't know if I would even say that now. I mean, I, I've been consistently playing the shit out of it. I was just frustrated when I first played it, but I like it a lot. I mean, I wouldn't be playing it all this time if I didn't love it. No, yeah. I mean, and I would just, and I don't mean like to say that your opinion is not valid because you don't like it more than me, but I'm just saying like, I'm, I, it seemed to connect more with me. I felt like, and then I also just like am more excited for the third one. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously, whatever Naughty Dog makes, I'm going to be excited because they're like the best gaming studio, in my opinion. I think when you look at like production gameplay and like, the pre- presentation and stories they tell. I think that that is true, but to keep that, they need to do something that is not just Last of Us. Because I think just Last of Us keeps them like in a box. Where like with Uncharted, it's like at least with Uncharted, you're like, okay, they can make like bomb ass like set pieces and gunplay and action, and they have like a different side to them. With Last of Us, it's a lot of like we're getting a lot of the same here. Which I like we just know I think my thing is we just know that we're gonna get more. And I don't like the energy of everything first party we know is going to be more Horizon, more Last of Us, more Ghost of Tsushima, more Spider-Man, more Marvel. So I don't I want I want little surprises. I don't I it's not exciting to know everything that's coming before it happens. That's true. But I think that these studios could do what Xbox does and let small team or Microsoft and Xbox game studios what they let like the big studios have small teams within them make side projects. Like, you know, you had Tango Gameworks make Hi-Fi Rush. You had Obsidian make Pentiment. So I feel like Sony could do that just so not only the people that are making the games get a break in terms of like the bleak bleakness and also sameness of creating the same worlds, but also the fans as well get a taste of something new. But you're kind of saying what I was saying too, where I think they're going to be making both the games. But I'm saying small. Well, you're saying that's what you're I'm saying. saying a like, smaller like a game, small side. We don't know the small size. Side we don't know the size of the ga- the games. Well, I mean, I'm assuming a Naughty Dog project is going to be a bigger game. Not even necessarily in terms of like game hours, but like a like Pentiment is like a like a lower budget. Hi-Fi Rush is lower budget. I don't think Naughty Dog will ever release something that's like a little budget. Like you would clearly tell his budget. Sure. Even like Lost Legacy is like it's probably higher quality than most full title releases. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm just saying that, I mean, I guess I don't know what we're even like saying at this point. I'm just saying that whatever <laughs> they release, I think will be good and exciting. I would just prefer that we get them, I think, not straight factions part three. and Because I feel like if we do that, then the other one just might not ever even happen. I feel like this is yeah. like your this is like your last stop of being like is Naughty Dog, if Naughty Dog is going to do anything that's not Last of Us it's going to be like now and then they're going to be Last of Us Studio for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel that, but I understand that worry because no other studio at the moment is changing direction. That's why I feel that way. Well, Santa Monica in theory should be right. In theory, I mean. I- I know that they're like being coy with we're wrapping up the Norse mythology, but I think we're going to put the ice on uh, Kratos for at least a little bit. And it's he, literally the only game they've made is yeah. God of War games and Connecticut. I think that's the thing too, where it's like we can we can talk about it as much as we want, but like we don't know anything, and that's on them. That's not on us. Like they got to tell us yeah. something. They have to have a showcase at some point. Santa, Santa Monica deserves a little break. They just they just released something in november well, december yeah, or november I'm, but uh the other studios yeah we need to start figuring out what the fuck's going on at sucker punch yeah i just mean even insomniac like outside of, as like, a whole yeah so 
Yeah, polyphony needs to make something new. Stop fucking around with Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <fucking> there, <laughs> there are exceptions here and there. And then also kind of capping off with Naughty Dog, they also did say that, oh, you're going to hear more about factions soon. Factions. But that's all they said. That's why they're not... We didn't really necessarily write them in because they said something, but they kind of didn't say anything, which, like, they've kind of been doing. Mm-hmm. They're like, you remember those, like, Last of Us? Like, we're probably going to make more of that. And you're like, all right, yeah. Probably. Yeah. And a lot of these stories are going to come out because especially now with Neil doing like probably more press because of the show finale and all that shit, he's going to say like one little snippet or one word and it's going to get construed and make a whole headline out of it. I think. Yeah, we're just going to find out like Last of Us Part 3. Obviously, it's Naughty Dog, so it'll be fantastic. It'll be great when we get it. But I don't when he's like players really want that. I haven't really heard that many people outside of like it now being rumored being like this is what i really want like even yeah, with last well, of us part two like, it was like we got it and even before it came out i was like oh shit more last of us but like i thought like the community is pretty satisfied with even just the first one so i don't know if the energy has ever been like we really like want the next if anything players might want the third one more than they wanted a second one but i feel like he just has to say that I feel like that was like him trying to be coy and probably maybe try to like throw us off the track of Last of Us Part Three. Yeah. But and if it's gonna be earnest, I wouldn't think people are really looking forward to a Last of Us Part Three. But I mean the sales kinda speak for itself. Part two sold worse than the first game, even though it was available on two platforms. But if you think about it, sequels always sell more than the original yeah. game. So that's that's a very telling sign for the popularity of The Last of Us as a whole. Yeah, I agree. And the people that are all going to be getting into it now are going to be buying part one. Like, yeah, they're they're going to buy part two down the line. But even then, it maybe I'm interested too. Like, we're gonna have so we're gonna have a whole new wave of people playing part one. Are we gonna have a whole new wave of people being pissed at part two? I don't know because I don't think. First of all, I think the things that were happening with part two were just. It was a weird it was a weird time in 2020 when that game came out and then like the hostility around it. Well, it was a it's just a very weird game. That's true, but I don't think I don't think that the time changes the the frustrations people have with story related things. The only difference is they're all made very canon in in the show, but even then it's not that it's like the pacing and all that other stuff. I'm not going to get into it cuz it's like I feel like part two is close enough that I don't want to spoil it for people, but Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm curious. And I feel like there might be like, yeah, some of the time things, but I think like just the core, like is people are still upset at the core just for like what the game is. So I just, I wonder if that will happen again. Uh, We'll see. We will see. I, I mean, I feel like that reaction probably will also happen with the show. And I think it'd be more interesting when it happens in the show because then it's like, how would it, how did the show's reaction and the gamer reaction is going to be very different, I think. Yeah, I, would I think agree. it's going to be taken, I think the things that happen in the, well, in the game will be taken better over for like a mainstream show audience. Well, and how's it going to be done? Are they going to do it right That's or are true. they just going to do it different and not right? <laughs> do it right or going to do it right? So I don't know. But I mean, I think we should, if we keep talking about Last of Us 2, we're going to get into spoiler territory. So I think exactly. at the moment, we move along. we'll move along, but we'll have plenty to say on that in eight years when the seasons <laughs> are out and we're playing part three. So for now, 
We'll talk still about still waiting on factions though. Yeah, we're still waiting on we're actually still <laughs> waiting on any PlayStation exclusive this year. So damn. Oh wow. We don't have any. We don't even have a release date for one. We don't have dates for anyone. Well, right. I need to be satisfied. I just got an edge controller. What am I going to use it on? Chi or whatever the fuck. What's going Are on? Are you going to play Chia? I'm not going to play Chia. I don't, Chia. I don't care. How is it Chia? Why there's a T? Well, I don't know, but it's. I don't think it would be Tachia. 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 Anyway, so we've got. Let's talk about some some new studios, which we also don't know what the fuck they're making. But we got some new studios, and the best part about new studios are the blurbs that they put out about their culture. So we got some of those too. So starting off here, we got new studio Magic Soup Games is being created by former Blizzard leaders. Activision Blizzard veterans Jen O'Neill, Jay Allen Brack, and John Dunham have created a new studio called Magic Soup Games. The studio is currently working on an unannounced game, hiring two more positions, including a server-side engineer, which hints at possibly online or live service elements. Brack and O'Neill left in 2021 amidst the lawsuit kind of conundrum that was happening back then. And the quote that they kind of put out with this new studio is as follows. We know the quality of our games will reflect our team culture. We're doing the work up front to make sure we're fostering creativity, fully remote collaboration, and a diversity of backgrounds. So... They said nothing about the game and fully remote means that it's going to take 13 years and they're fostering a uh, good culture, which is important because they left the studio when they were getting lawsuits about sexual misconduct. So oh, we're wow. going to see. Shots fired. I mean, we're going to see. So I also, I mean, we don't really play a lot of blizzard games and I know that, you know, like comment sections can be like talk successfuls, but from what I was reading this, the J Allen Brack uh, character, well, I've heard that mm-hmm. when he went into leadership was in was when Blizzard was like kind of at their low. Oof. So I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, but I, we I'm obviously making some jokes about some of this stuff, but I don't I didn't play a lot of Blizzard games, so I don't actually know the quality of these. But again, it's that kind of thing where a new studio is hard to judge. But I mean, yeah, definitely harder to judge, but. I think their name like and their logo. The track record they carry. The name and logo is dope. I think Magic Soup Games is a good name, and I think the logo is like a bowl of ramen being spilled with like chopsticks in the air. Like I think it's a cool logo at the very least. I mean, yeah, the the logo does look like. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie about that, but again, we gotta. What platforms are they making games for? What type of games? You know. Yeah, we just need to learn more. I agree. And so we've got another one here. I'm going to go ahead and move a little forward just because yes. I think this will be the fun one to talk about. So Lady Gaga and Beyonce collaborator Blood Pop launches a Holy game shit. studio featuring ambitious AAA shooter. So I guess Blood Pop is like a producer. So Blood Pop has announced Gen Pop Interactive with the help of former DNA and Bandai Namco executive Aubrey Tennant. That movie sucks. Genpop will be working on AAA games focusing on music, fashion, and gaming culture. Genpop's first game will be a third-person shooter featuring a, quote, novel movement and combat mechanics. CEO and game director Bloodpop has said the following about the upcoming game. All right, so listen, and this is the one that I wanted to, to, to say. I thought this was fun. Gen Z, this is what they're saying about their, their new studio, a new game. Gen Z is eager for a new IP that speaks to them and has a long legacy that defines their generation. Major studios have become complacent, relying on giving the Weekend at Bernie's treatment to their old IP with their publicly traded necromancy. 
We aren't just on a mission to create the next great game, but nurture the next generation of pop culture. I don't think I've ever read something that made me not want to play their game more. I'm Gen Z. I'm trying to play. I'm Gen Z too, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do they realize that they're not talking to like 15 year olds when they say that? I'm looking for the next great game. I'm not looking for what you think is going to be the next hit in pop culture. That's like, there's an arrogance there that I don't like. Well, yeah, the arrogance is like, oh, we did it in the music industry. We'll do it in video games. And it's like, bro, these are completely different kind of fields. And it takes a whole different kind of thing and different talents and different skills to make a great album than it does to make a great game. But um, I don't know. It's funny. These, the, that one is definitely very funny. Like the way they're like, yeah, we're trying to connect with Gen Z because those are the upcoming gamers. And it's like, you know, Gen Z saying the worst shit on Twitch right now, playing fucking like a PS2 looking game in Sons of Dragons or not Sons of Dragons, Sons of the Forest. I'm fucking tripping. Yeah, yeah no, you're good. I mean, yeah, I just read it and I was like kind of I would say almost a little shocked that I was like, oh, this is such uh, there's it's so, like a parody movie. Yeah, they're so like unmedia trained in the gaming industry that they think like this is they think like this sounds good to people who are in the industry. But I don't know. I don't really know. Like. Like, okay, major studios have become complacent treating their old IP with their publicly traded necromancy. I mean, you're not you're not gonna be like planting trees and like rebuilding the earth. You're gonna make a game that you're gonna sell for money. Like you're also gonna do that same thing. That's what I thought was very funny about that. It's like, are you do you not wanna do the same thing? Or what are you getting into business for? Yeah, is it like I mean, maybe they're doing like a free to play thing? But even then, you're probably going to have some kind of that monetary, makes sense. like... That comment, I feel like, ties in with, like, a... Yeah, we're going to make a, the greatest free-to-play game. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is not going to be Yeah, good. like, sure you are, buddy. Why, <laughs> sure don't, why are. don't we just <laughs> see it, then? Yeah, that, that that's a funny one, though. I hope we get, like, a Beyonce and Lady Gaga, like, E3 presentation. See, but that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah, they're collaborators, but I don't... Like I don't see Beyonce coming out and being like, "Yeah, I I put my name on this game studio." Dude, Beyonce's fucking playing League of Legends. I don't Is disrespect she? Beyonce. No, she's not. Okay, I didn't know. I was like, you know, I Well, I, actually, I don't know. I don't know. There's no, she's never said that she hasn't and she's never said that she's has. So, we don't know that's if that's true. what we don't she does know. in her spare time. That might be happening. That might be happening. She may be platinum in legally and legally in League of Legends. So, yeah, I don't know. This is one where I think both of them, you know, whenever we get new studios, it's kind of the only merit that we have to go on is the people that are attached to it. And I think this kind of like roundup that we have of new studios might be a little bit on the weaker end. Like when I hear that Playground Games uh, lead developers are going to make a studio, I'm excited just because like I Mm -hmm. feel like they've got what it takes. And when it's somebody, okay, like you're a music. I'm trying to think, is there anyone that we know that's come into the gaming industry from a different industry and was like, I'm making this project and it was ever worked out? I don't know if it's ever worked out. I feel like if it's been a novelty thing, it's probably came and passed. Kurt Schilling was a baseball player and he created the studio that made uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. But I don't think he was a creative. He was more like he fronted the money for it. And that didn't work either. That didn't work out, and that became like a whole thing because like there was like government funds tied to it, and it was it was a big mess. And Radiohead did that game like two years ago or three years ago. Oh, they did. It was like I'm an experience. I mean, it was more of like an experience than it was like a full game. But I don't know, just a lot of a lot of confidence. Where I'm like, I don't know if you know 
the kind of people that are reading this blurb and what they're going to think about it. Yeah. I mean, whatever they can make, it could be interesting. It could be good. You know, they have a different perspective. They're completely outside the industry. They're fucking tech. They're, they're targeting us. They're targeting the Gen Z's. My, so. my main, I think, so, you know, we're kind of just having a laugh with it. They're saying what they want to say, and that's totally fine. No issue with that. I think my thing is more so after reading that, let's go ahead and remember that they're making a third-person shooter that they think has novel movement and combat mechanics. So... <laughs> They're not necessarily making something crazy or new. Like they're probably yeah. going to make a third person shooter that's like Fortnite, but they're probably going to think it's the new thing. Yeah, another Fortnite clone. What, 10 years too late? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, but it's okay. We can go back to talking about a studio that has proven that they're good and expanding in a good way because this is something we were worried about that we actually talked about on an earlier episode. So IO Interactive uh, has. IO Interactive opened a new studio or is opening a new studio in Istanbul to assist on Project 007, Hitman, and Project Fantasy. So IO Interactive is opening their fourth studio. They were first established in Copenhagen in 1998 and their second studio formed in 2019 in Malmo, Sweden and third in Barcelona in 2021. So they really got kind of all over the place, which is pretty cool. And the new studio will assist on these new titles. And they will also help on Hitman, but IO did recently come out and say not to basically expect a new Hitman anytime soon. They just went through at the end of January, they just went through their kind of rebranding of Hitman with World of Assassination. So it makes sense that they probably are going to like repackage that. That's in a good spot. Now they're going to focus on 007 and Fantasy. But we were talking about Ubisoft canceling a bunch of products trying to manage too many at the same time. And I was worried about IO having the same thing, but it's good to know like, okay, if they're going to open a new studio and they have four working on these, I'm significantly less worried about it. I think so. I think that the, that's not concerning. And also I feel like they kind of, yeah, like you said, they're putting Hitman on hiatus. So it seems like they're off. They're focusing on the James Bond, the game, which is going to be, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think so too. I mean, you couldn't have a better studio to do that. Yeah. Like a this perfect IP, perfect studio type of games they make. I think it's going to be really fun. And I hope that that's my like entrance in the Hitman. Maybe I might give these new games a go, but in all honesty, the James Bond game is probably going to be the one that drags me in because it's going to be just, it's going to be too fun. Yeah. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be great. So it's, it's, it's good to, good to hear. And it's this, as we have so many different studios now working on multiple projects, it just kind of puts me more at ease to know that they have the teams necessary to work on them that will like actually get the products out of the door. Cause I think we're at a, and I want to be positive. Like I want every game to be good ultimately, but we're getting to a point where I like almost feel like we're going to hit a point soon where like games are like not even really releasing at all. It feels like a lot of stuff is just like, (laughs) announced but never comes out and either gets canceled or delayed so it's kind of like i don't know it's a little worrisome because you know suicide squad got delayed that was supposed to be like a big may game yeah delayed indefinitely now we've got these other two delays that we talked about during the show we don't know what sony's working on like now i'm sounding too negative my point is just like i want to know what's coming out i don't need it all right now i just want to have some confidence that like what we're seeing will ever come out that's true and i think that that's honestly why sony plays their card so close to their vest is because these delays are inevitable whenever they want to speak about a game i know we, we we covered that 
they said that when they release a game, they want it to be closer to, or when they announce a game, they want it to be closer to release. So that's probably why they're quiet. They really have not, they know they have nothing to release intimately. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But I, that's all I've got. I don't know. Do you got anything else? Um, I don't, I don't have any closing thoughts. Do you have any, you have any closing thoughts, Mark, that you want to part on the no, I mean, uh, let's see. So DualSense Edge is really nice. If you're interested, go pick one up. And, uh, we appreciate you listening to the episode, being here every week as we give you some wonderful content. Be positive to other people. Play some different games. Try seafood. Try some difficult shit. That's all I've got. Thanks for being here. Meet us on Make Your Marker or Mark Your Maker. Whatever the hell yeah, meet your meet makers. Your maker. <laughs> yeah, meet us. Meet, yeah, meet your maker. <laughs> the Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze LLC, copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at goforbronze.mail at gmail.com. my dreams. You can check out our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze, Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod, Instagram at Go for Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod. Till next time, this is the Big Dog.